Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. I'm really excited that you're here today, Seeker. I have such a good episode in store for you. Today, we're talking to Lily Nicole. And Lily Nicole is an influencer. She's a former life coach, NLP practitioner, all sorts of things. And she has a podcast called Bold Bodied Podcast. I'll put the link in the show notes. I've been listening to her for at least a year on the podcast, I'd say. And I just love the way she talks about loving your body and loving your body at any size. So today she really brings it. She goes deep. She talks about her journey with loving her body losing weight, gaining weight, reflections on that, and really how we need to be shifting ourselves at an identity level, at a subconscious level, instead of just chasing weight loss to make us happy. So if you've ever struggled with body image, with weight issues, with not feeling good enough in the skin you're in, this episode is for you. You are going to absolutely love it. And she offers so much gold about shifting at a subconscious level and your identity not just shifting your weight in order to love yourself more. She shares her journey of losing 70 pounds, gaining it back, and everything in between. She also shares about what we are actually gaining by hating our body, by being stuck in the cycle of yo-yo dieting, by sort of being that victim. It's super interesting. And then also we touch on how to be healthy at any size and is being plus size healthy and how to find your healthiest body and how to know what that is, how to tune in, how to listen to your body to find its healthiest size. So there's that and so much more. I know you're absolutely going to love it. Make sure to check out Lily Nicole on Instagram, on TikTok, on her podcast and follow this girl. She's incredible and you're absolutely going to love today's episode. And if you do love this episode, take a screenshot while you're listening and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag us in it, tag Lily Nicole as well as myself. I will reshare your post. And this just really helps us to know that you're hearing this and that you're loving the content and also gives other people a chance to see what you're listening to and get deeply impacted and shifted by this work. Because this is so important, my love. So many of us women struggle with body image, weight, feeling at home in our skin, and more people need the message that Lily Nicole is bringing to us today. So without further ado, let's welcome Lily Nicole onto the show. Hey, Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here, and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia, and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition, and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hello, Lily. Welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, this conversation is going to be so good. Yeah, it really is. Um, where to start? Okay. So for my audience, if anybody doesn't know who you are, can you give us a little bit about yourself and what you do? 
Yeah. So my name is Lily Nicole. I am a plus size content creator, um, influencer, life coach, hypnotherapist. I don't really know what to call myself anymore. I feel like I do so many things. Um, But most of it comes back to the connection with our bodies and loving women, loving their bodies, appreciating their bodies, even just like feeling a neutral emotion towards their bodies and and that form of acceptance. Um, And I love helping people realize how their connection to accepting their body and loving their body and feeling like that grounded energy, just really like stable, secure, and safe inside of their body helps them attract the things that they want for their lives, right? And I know that on this podcast, you talk about a lot of um, the law of attraction and manifestation. And I really think that there, or I know there to be such a connection between how you feel about your body and what you're able to call in. Like it is this big piece of it that I don't think gets spoken about very often, um, but it's also connected. So those are some of my favorite things to help women with. Mm, yeah. And I think I, I think that men as well struggle. There's body image issues, but I do really, being a woman, I can speak for myself. You know, it has been something that for me has been there since I was really able to remember. Like I'm thinking six or eight years old, feeling fat, feeling bigger, feeling self-conscious. And it just has been so ingrained in us that body image equals worthiness in some way or another. Even, you know, people feel too skinny, their chest is too flat, their butt is too big, they're too large. No matter what we're dealing with, it's such a really um, deep struggle, right? Yeah, it's so true. And my personal experience has always been, you know, the belief of I'm too big, right? I'm 5'10", so I'm very tall. I am just a larger person and I always have been. Even, you know, when I was younger, I was over a head taller than everyone in my class. My mom said the doctors thought I was going to be like 6'5 or something. Like I was just a larger kid. And for me, you know, then I grew up with this bias of if only I could lose the weight, if only I could be smaller and shrink down, then of course I'd be happy. And what's interesting is since beginning to do this work and working with clients and just other people in my programs, I've realized, oh, there are a lot of people who maybe I, with my eyes, would look at and think like, oh, she's skinny, she's small, she's petite, like perfect. That's all she needs. And she's come to work on her body image because she's, you know, insecure about the shape of her nose or the way that her eyes look, or, you know, even, um, the way that we walk and the way that we carry ourselves. A lot of people just have all of these like beliefs about how it's wrong when in reality it's all okay. And just as it needs to be, and just as it's meant to be, um, but I, I think it's interesting that you brought, like, good that you brought that up because no matter who we are and what our insecurities are, it, it can block us. And um, playing off of the piece you said about being little and remember, you know, noticing your body and a dislike for it. My, I love inner child work. That's one of like the main things, like one of the first places that I go when I work with clients. And my first memory of noticing something about my body, I believe I was four because I know it was at preschool and it was outside in like, one of like those small little playhouses, you know, and all of the little girls were lining up so that I could pick them up and they could touch the ceiling inside the playhouse. And at that moment, I can just remember, I didn't think like, oh, I'm bigger and it's bad. I just remember that being the moment that I noticed, oh, 
interesting. I'm different than all of these girls, right? And I always thought they were so cute and little. They were like little dolls to me because I was so much bigger than them. And as I grew, that like that was the first little like seed of noticing that I was different. And then, you know, there's movies and where all of the women are so much smaller than the men. And there's um this belief grew into me as I grew older of, okay, well, I'm not going to be loved by someone in this body that I have because I'm not small enough. And that led to me shrinking down in all ways, right? I like shrunk my personality to make up for the space that I was like the physical space that I was taking up in the world. And I mean, that just set me off for so many things in the future, you know, the constant dieting and restricting and um, desiring to lose weight and change myself and be different. And that just took all of my energy, um, which probably kept me and held me back from creating and doing a lot of the other things that I would have wanted to do if I had the time and space to even think about it. Wow. Yeah, that really hit home. I hear you with the shrinking down to compensate for the space you feel like you're um, taking up. I was actually talking to my daughter yesterday. She's 10 and she's really, we have these big conversations. We were talking about body language and I was telling her for most of my life, I would sit small and I would, you know, cross my legs, cross my arms, shoulders sunk or chest sunken in. And she's like, why? And I was like, well, because I felt insecure. And she's like, so your body, you know, mirrors that and, you know, your body language. And I'm, you know, speaking to her about it. And as we were talking about it, I could see myself in all these different grades going way back, maybe grade two, grade three, all the way high school in my twenties, even at a party, you know, sink, sitting on the couch at a party, but sinking right in, trying to be as small as possible. And no matter what my actual weight was, cause I went way up and down in an eating disorder, I, I still needed to shrink. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, that even when our weight changes, when we have that insecurity, it, it continues, right? Yes, absolutely. So I am um, a master NLP practitioner, which for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, basically it means like it's work with the sub- subconscious mind. So I am, have had a similar experience through my life where I've you know gained weight, lost a whole bunch of it, struggled with eating and over restriction and then with binging and it's been up and down and all over the place. And what's interesting is, you know, like those, there's like memes online, right? Where they're like, when I look at a picture of my high school self, like, I can't believe I thought I was fat. Like if only, you know, she could see me now. And we, we joke about it, but truly it's because when our body changes and when our physical body changes, it doesn't change the subconscious identity that we have embraced over our lifetime. So using my story as an example, when I noticed that I was different in that playhouse at four years old, that began, that little seed that was planted began to grow part of my body identity, right? Like how I personally identify in this world. And okay, I identify as a big person. And that translated to me then as too big, right? Because it's too big. um, It's bigger. It's different. It's not good. It's not normal. When it comes to our identity level in the subconscious mind, we're not able to shift that with by just snapping our fingers, right? Because if we could, like I would say, I'm a millionaire and then I would find a way to make a million dollars tomorrow because that would be great. Like consciously, I want that. But my subconscious programming is my identity is not that of a millionaire right now. So when we say things in manifestation, like act as if, right? It's because we're trying to shift ourselves at an identity level. Now, when you 
Let's say, okay, you're someone who now you've lost 50 pounds and you are smaller, but you're still looking in the mirror and, you know, people can refer to it as body dysmorphia or any just thoughts of seeing something and it not being enough, still being too big, even though maybe you don't have any healthy weight left to even lose. And that's because your identity has not changed along with your body if you are only working on, you know, the weight loss. For me, I did go through um, a period as an adult, like in my mid-20s where I lost 70 pounds. I have since gained it back. So we can talk about all of that later. But the thing that I did right that time that I had not done in the past was while I was losing the weight, I was also working on my mindset and um, you know, do, that's when I first began to dive into personal development, listen to podcasts like this, like this type of work so that my brain and my subconscious was shifting and changing along with my body so that when I got to the body, you know, that I had been chasing after forever, I was able to actually feel it and appreciate it and be there in the moment with it and be like, okay, this is good. This is enough versus in the past where when I'd lost weight and I barely even noticed, right? It would just fluctuate and I didn't feel any different. But looking back on pictures now, I can see, oh, wow, I looked like 10 different people throughout those years. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're now looking back in my albums saying that because that's exactly and I did I felt worse and worse as time went on. I felt worse and worse and I got skinnier and skinnier. So, you know, based on the original theory of skinny equals happy that I was going with, right? I should have been stoked, but it, it kept leading to darker and darker places for me. It was more and more restriction. It was drugs and pills to not eat and fasting for days and you know, all of that because as you're saying, I was doing nothing to shift at an identity level, um, which is just really interesting because I know that concept and that, you know, that tool or that truth. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it with women, we're it's almost like we're scrambling. Oh, I shouldn't just say women, but just for the sake of this, mm-hmm. we're scrambling to control our body to feel enough. So five, 10 pounds, like our body's going all over the place and put through such crazy things in the sort of fad diet world and inside nothing is changing. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna, I'm guessing, right? Result in the same patterns, the same feeling of being inadequate. Yeah, It's just so interesting to think about and reflect back on. Yeah. And I mean, that's why with what you said about moving into, you know, pills and finding new ways to, you know, lose more weight because we we come into this feeling and it almost feels like a desperation because we've lost, you know, some, or we've changed our body in some way. We've done all of these things and it's still not enough. So it's like, okay, well, what else can I do? What else can I do? And that's how we end up going down those rabbit holes that can become, you know, very dangerous because we're not taking the moment to sit with, ourselves in an identity level and say, like, for me, it was okay. Hey, being bigger than most people is okay. Because guess what? Even when I lost 70 pounds, I was still bigger than 95% of the people in any room that I walked into just because of how my body is. Right. And that I had to become okay with that in order to appreciate what I saw when I looked in the mirror, regardless of the weight. Mm. So was there something deeper? Is there generally something deeper in us that's sort of an even deeper insecurity? Like I'm thinking about it gets manifested as weight, but there's a worthiness component that is, you know, 
it's not just like in that playhouse, that was a trigger for you. And I think of, I remember being at the beach with a bunch of friends, probably about eight years old in bathing suits. And I had a moment like that of like, huh, I'm bigger. Mm -hmm. But there had to have been insecurity already or something else. Do you you know what I mean by that? It's like, it's not just about the body. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're using the body kind of as an excuse, right? It's like, okay, I don't feel worthy And this is why, because here's a tangible thing that I can see, I can explain, you know, when people ask, why are you always so sad? Oh, well, because you don't understand what it's like to look like me, you know, look at me. And we have this, this tangible excuse. And yeah, I definitely think that it goes way deeper. And like you said, for the sake of this conversation with talking about women, we are really conditioned from a young age that if we feel too good about ourselves, then we're not worthy, right? Like we're like, who does she think she is? If we see someone, you know, a really confident woman walking in or, you know, it's the whole concept of calling, you know, little girls bossy where we would call a little boy like, yeah, wow, he's a leader. And there can be that difference. So if we fully love and accept ourselves, then we're, we don't feel that we will be loved and accepted by other people, right? So we trade in that love and exception for ourselves, for the love and exception of other people by saying, I don't like myself because we feel that we get more love. And honestly, sometimes we do, right? Like if you go through this phase of really hating yourself and you share it and you're open about it, people are going to be like, you are so beautiful. What are you talking about? I love you so much. You are so wonderful and magnificent. And we can hear all of these things. And that's the secondary gain there, right? Is okay. Well, if I continue to hate my body, then I'm going to be able to still receive love from people. And is that actually like the best way that you could feel? No. But is your mind telling you that it doesn't know what it's going to be like if you stop receiving that love and that like pity love from other people? Like your brain doesn't know what, doesn't have like an exact picture of the good that's on the other side of letting go of that because it's never experienced it before. It's unfamiliar, but this kind of like pity love is familiar. And we're just like, okay, well, I don't want to lose that because I don't know what else is out there. Even if consciously you know it's better, again, it's that subconscious belief of like, well, what if what's on the other side isn't better? I don't know. Mm. Oh man, there's so many. I feel like <laughs> we need to like rewind and re-listen back to that. Everything you just said was so potent and I really am feeling it. Um, at one point in my recovery, I had this, it was my intuition, it was guidance, and it was just this clear sentence of who would I be if I wasn't suffering? Mm. And it like hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was what you're saying. Like, who would I even be if I wasn't the fucked up one? If I wasn't the eating disorder one? If I wasn't obsessively into fitness or I was like all these obsessions. And, you know, I was always the healthy one, which is so funny looking back. I'm like, guys, you should not have been listening to me. I was not <laughs> the healthy one, but I was losing weight or I was working out and on the outside. Right. Um, And it's just so interesting. Who would I be if I wasn't that? And it's clear I'm not enough. I have to like be a sufferer or be in need. And like you said, you get that attention and um, yeah, what a, what a crazy, what a crazy journey because now I do feel like I can just be okay with myself without needing to have like, Oh, muffin, you know, what's going on? You know, that type of attention. Yeah. What a, that's a really cool insight. I'm just kind of (laughs) processing that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's so important. You know, the word 
and term like self-love, it gets thrown around on Instagram so much that I just think it kind of goes over our heads. Like it's in one ear and out the other because we've heard it so many times. But when you like really sit with the meaning of those two words, right? It's like love is just, it's so much deeper than when we say like, oh, I love you. And the way that we think about the concept of it, it's really like being surrounded by, you know, if you think of like universal source energy, love, like just this, like blanket of safety, comfort, protection, right? And we're always trying to get that from other people. Um, But when we're finally taking the time to go on a self-love journey with ourselves and we're like, okay, I really want to be here with myself, you know, we start... And I I love this kind of stuff, right? The bath bombs and the facials and all, you know, going to get a manicure and pedicure. Like I do all of it and I love that. And I do believe that that is a part of self-love. I think a lot of people start to like kind of like you know, brush that off as they get deeper into it. But there is the the other parts of it where it's, okay, how can I really be in love with myself and thinking of it as like removing all of the different like preconceived definitions that you have of being in love with someone. And it's like, okay, think of what that actually means. Being inside of love. Okay. How can I sit inside of that feeling, that blanket of love with myself? And what that really means is feeling that sense of love and peace and safety without having to prove anything. So without having to prove anything through, you know, how much, how hard you work and how much money you make or what your body looks like, right? How, what you eat, how often you're exercising. Um, So often we're trying to prove ourselves to the world and even to ourselves in order to earn love. And really it's just, okay, how can I sit And, you know, I like to say I am worthy just because I am all the time. And how can you really embody that by just letting yourself be and letting that be good enough? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Self-love is a state of being. Mm -hmm. It's not an action. And I so agree. When you're saying the thing about the bath bombs and the, and the pedicures, I could, I, I just got this image of clearly me doing these acts. One, 15 years ago and one now. I could do the same freaking bath with the same scents and salts and whatever, and it would not really do anything for me. It'd be fine, but I would kind of rush through the bath and I'd get out and I'd look in the mirror and I would feel crappy about myself. Whereas now I could do the same things, sit in the bath, like you're saying, be in love. I like to find the pocket of feeling good in a moment and like squeeze it, if that makes sense. It's like sit in the bath and just can like breathe into it, like allow myself to get really into this moment, even in complete stillness. It's this inside being like my heart swells. I can feel it all. Get out of the bath. I could look in the mirror and be like, holy crap, you're doing such a great job. Look at you. You're beautiful. Good job doing that for yourself Mm -hmm. and go on with it. Those are two on the outside actions that look the same, but the energy is so different. And that's, I think, what I've found is the difference when I'm doing when I'm in that state of actual being in love is the pedicure will like, you know, flare my vibe up for a while. And I'm just so stoked for it. And I did this for self-love and look at my toes. And every time I look, I'm stoked. And that moment felt so good and investing in myself in this felt so good. Whereas before I'd get it and I'd get home and it'd like be gone. It's like the shiny Mm -hmm. thing that's just gone in five seconds. And now I'm just onto my body and how I should have been working out and how I should be eating a salad, you know? Yes. Yeah. Cause that's another thing that I think of often. I remember I used to like wear the fact 
that I didn't like to go get my nails done anymore, like a badge of honor, because I'm like, well, I can't be doing things while I'm, you know, while my hands are busy. So it's just a waste of time. Like I have so many better things to do. It just stresses me out. And that was like something I have written, like I see my on my time hop, I've written social media posts about that in the past. I'm like, oh, Lily, like, no, this is why like those good things, you weren't allowing yourself to experience life. You were saying, oh, I want to build, you know, this is in the beginnings of building my business. And it was like, you want to build the six figure business. And you think that all you have to do is hustle, but why do you want the business so that you can do things like go and get your nails done and not worry about it. So how are you going to allow for that to come when you're not allowing for it right now when it's available to you? You know, we get these, it's like that hustle culture. I need to be doing more. Or like you said, like looking in the mirror after your bath and being like, oh gosh, I shouldn't have wasted time in the bath when I could have been, you know, running on the treadmill because look at me. Mm -hmm. Um, When really what we're looking for is that like, we're always just looking for that sense of safety and peace and like love within ourselves. And we're chasing it in so many mixed up ways. Yeah. I love that you said that about not allowing ourselves to want these things. And I think that comes back to not allowing ourselves to feel good, not allowing yourself to love yourself. It seems crazy. Like, I feel like the spirit world is going like, guys, you're not allowing yourself to love yourself. (laughs) Although, of course, they get it. But it's such a human thing. Like, I'm not going to allow myself to feel this pleasure. And I'm not going to allow myself to indulge in whatever way, you know, whether it's money or food or just extravagance or whatever. And I think not everybody dreams of getting their nails done, but I do believe that we all have desires that are a bit more extravagant or fancy or whatever than we allow ourselves to feel, right? Some people, it might not be about nails, but it might be about the food. You might want a food delivery service. and mm-hmm. But then you say to yourself, like, I, I didn't get that. I, I couldn't get that. It's so wasteful. It's expensive. It's only pretentious people have that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's probably a very good practice to think about, like, what do I truly, truly want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that a lot now with, like, with my money. And what's been interesting is, you know, there's all of these things that I'm like, I set this random goal. When I hit this much money in my business or this much money in my bank account or whatever it is, then I will let myself, you know, the most recent thing has been like get a cleaning service to come clean my apartment. I work from home. I have to be here all the time. I just have never been a tidy person. Like cleaning up after myself is not something I enjoy, but I still was putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And then one day I was like, Lily, it's like a hundred dollars. You live in this tiny little apartment. Like do it. See what see what happens. And I finally allowed for it. I'm like, well, what was I waiting for? You know, like this is something that I was able to do right then for myself. And then when we do let ourselves have those things, the reason that I think this cleaning service is a good example is because then I come home to a clean apartment and guess how much more work I want to get done and how much more, you know, if we're talking about opportunity, how much more space that opens up for me to like make the money that I actually wanted in order to fund the cleaning service. Like sometimes we have to give ourselves the, you know, quote unquote treat or reward before whatever the like arbitrary goal that we've set is because it's what's actually going to allow us to get there. And, and, you know, this isn't to say go rack up your credit cards because I've made that mistake too, right. And gone too far in the opposite direction, but finding that like happy, content balance within, you know, the money with the example that I was talking about, but also, you know, that can be related to your body and 
it's that's how we get into those cycles of, you know, binging and then restricting because we hold off for so long. Okay, well, I'll let myself have the pizza when I lose 10 pounds. And then we lose the 10 pounds and, you know, you know, it's not just the pizza, then it's everything because you've been holding off for so long. Whereas if you had just let yourself have it when you first wanted it and thought about it, it would have been over and done with and you would have been moving on by now. Yeah. I experienced that as everybody who has <laughs> yo-yo dieted or restricted because that's just the body. You cannot keep it up. And for me, actually, this may be similar to other people's journey as well. But for me, I was really, I put this in quotes, good at restricting. It was like my badge of honor. And I had a few other friends that I'd found online and like this community for eating disorders. Like looking back, it was just, I was just like, vibing off of their restriction and we were whatever, but I would, I actually restricted for years of barely eating anything and logging every calorie and like 200 calories, 300 calories, fasting days. But after a few years, I just couldn't keep up with it. I couldn't keep up with the deprivation and it went completely in the other direction where I've never shared this publicly and I've only ever shared this with my husband in life, but I started night eating and I would wake up in the middle of the night and eat whatever I could. And I wouldn't even know I was doing it until the next morning when I'd see like the cupboard open or like there's no cake left or whatever. I don't even, it would just be anything I could find. And I tried so hard with willpower to stop that because I was so ashamed and embarrassed and just, ugh, right? It felt so gross to be doing this. And it didn't stop until I started healing. It just wouldn't stop. And I try, I would try locking things. I'd try like all these things like setting up triggers so that I'd like wake up, you know, turn it, leaving the light on in the kitchen so that I'd wake up and it just nothing worked because my body was just like, no, you've been, you're depleted. You've been restricting. And my mind also was going through the same thing. So no matter what, eventually it's going to rebound. That's so interesting that like, it's just interesting to think that even without, you know, the quote unquote conscious decision to then go and binge or, you know, do the opposite of what you've been doing all day, your body found a way to be like, no, this is not, you know, it. Yeah. And as the extremes got more, the extremes got more. So actually when that started, I had started purging. It started going into bulimia and then the night eating. It's like everything just kept getting way more out of control with no sense of center, like no able to eat something and chill or make a regular meal, go out to eat. It was just to that point. Um, Yeah. It's crazy how there's always going to be, that pendulum is always going to swing the opposite direction. That's what I was just like thinking to say is that I always think like when you said the extremes, I always think of it now like a pendulum because, um, okay. So to, in regards to that, st- like the story of my 70 pound weight loss and, and gaining it back. I, so I was about, I think I was like 24 when I started this weight loss journey. I was at this point where I was just done with hating myself and, you know, with not liking how I looked. Um, I was in a phase of, you know, I would get dressed for work in the morning or to, go out with friends and I would be crying and just, I was like, I'm done with this. And I came across Beachbody and that's how I started my business was as a Beachbody coach. Um, I no longer do that, but I, and I have like mixed feelings about um, what I experienced with the company, but mostly I am like very grateful for them. So I will preface with that. I 
started, you know, working out, I started eating differently and I started doing a lot of personal development. And as time went on, because I became a Beachbody coach and it was my business and, you know, I was just constantly tracing, chasing transformations and my pendulum was all the way to like, you know, all the way to the, the left side, let's say like almost like up in the sky. And I was so hardcore with that for about three years lost 70 pounds, like felt the most energized that I had in my life. And honestly, like I did feel really good a majority of the time, right? But at some point I realized, okay, the scale's not changing anymore. Like I feel like I'm, I constantly am trying to get more transformations because that's now how I've, even though I'm saying that I'm not finding my worth through that, like I, I kind of am, right? There was this realization and that was a hard realization for me to have because so much of my identity now, like we talked about identity, right? Had become wrapped up in being this person who works out six days a week and doesn't skip and, um, you know, puts her food in little containers and it all goes really well and, you know, all of that. So eventually I was like, okay, I need to let go. And that was a huge ego blow for me to be like, okay, like, nope, I'm no longer doing beach body coaching. Like now what am I going to do? Right. And the pendulum, the health pendulum swung all the way to the other side. Because when you, if you think about a pendulum, when you, if it's, you're holding it up to one side and you drop it, it's going to swing. And the first place it's going to hit is the complete opposite extreme. Right. And so then I'm in zero restriction mode. I'm like, I, you know, I'm going to eat whatever I want, whenever I want it. I don't feel like working out anymore. I was being too hard on my body. And, um, you know, I just kind of like go off in that, that realm for a while, which again is an extreme and it's honestly not the best feeling place to be. But I think that this is the extreme. Like a lot of people ask me questions about how to eat intuitively. And I wouldn't consider myself necessarily an expert in that, but I am someone who is learning that, right? And I think that the problem that people run into when they decide, okay, I'm done with diet culture and I want to start eating more intuitively is that they land in that opposite extreme of now they're eat, they're ordering an entire pizza and eating it all in one night and following it up with you know ice cream and whatever because they haven't allowed themselves to for so long that then they're like nope and they drop off of that extreme and they swing back to you know the other extreme now the thing is too that that is naturally going to happen so for me once that you know i was i didn't feel good anymore i maybe gained back like 20 pounds and i was like oh i don't feel good and so the pendulum dropped again and it swung back to the other side and now it's just a little less intense right it's like a little bit lower um so i'm back like i hired a personal trainer and i was like okay i want to like try eating healthier but i don't want to obsess over it. i don't want to do like the scale thing anymore and i expressed that to him and you know then that got old and so i swung back to the other side a little bit right and it was more of like this food freedom but also with just a little bit more intention and focus. And I think that that's just kind of the ongoing um, way that it is, right? The pendulum swings. And then you find this place where it kind of rocks back and forth. I don't know, maybe one day it will land and it will be still, right? That world of balance that we're all seeking, that buzzword balance. Um, and it will just be still there. But for me right now, I feel like I swing back and forth between the two sides, just like in a light gentle way and um, just know that that's okay. So I, I just, I, I think that the the concept of extremes is such like a, in all areas of life, right? It's just such an interesting thing to 
focus on. And it allows us to kind of forgive ourselves. If you can understand just, that's like the law of gravity, right? The way a pendulum swings is because of that. So of course, that's how you are reacting and how um, you're handling things and just know I'm like, okay, well, I'm ready to swing to the other side now a little bit and um, just let it be what it is. Mm, I love that. That to me also triggers the concept of like allowing your seasons, right? Mm -hmm. Embracing the cycle and the season and every day, week, month, year, whatever is going to have its own flavor, have its own theme. And I think like you're saying, I just hear that it's normal to be in that sort of in-between while you're finding that balance, which I know I can tell that we think similar about this, that that exact stillness of balance may not exist. (laughs) It may be the back and forth that is normal. And yes, ebb and flow, that can be what we call balance. But remember in ebb and flow, there is ebb and flow. It doesn't mean it's still in the middle, right? It means it's a wavy, curvy line. And so I think that's really beautiful because I find that now and I would consider myself healed not to try to claim something or any kind of like, I'm here because it's definitely a journey for sure. And I get triggered and all that, but it's just no longer life consuming. Mm -hmm. I have located my worth. I, you know, love my body and I've had three kids and I can sit here and go like, yep, my boobs aren't the same. My hips aren't the same, but like, I'm awesome. I'm beautiful. It actually does not matter at all what the scale says. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in this place I feel is a really great place. And through that, there's some weeks where like, I'm having more, whatever it is, like chocolate, dessert, indulgences, and then times when all I want is like the kale salad. And that's okay. Like both sides, I am worthy both ways. Whether I have a huge bowl of ice cream or a kale salad, I am both, you know, I can love myself in both suits, in both phases. I love that. And so much of that comes from like detaching our identity from what we're doing in that moment, right? Something that I I do, um, I've been doing recently over the past few months on TikTok. If anyone is on TikTok, I'm at lilynicole.co there. And every day I have this series, I just share what I eat in a day in my plus size body. And the purpose of it was because, you know, I love TikTok. I've been on there for a while and I was, you know, scrolling and there was this trend of showing what I eat in a day to lose weight. And, um, while I can see the draw, right? I was also like, ooh, there's a lot of people seeing this who are probably struggling so much with what they're eating every day, feeling so much guilt, and then asking themselves like, why can't I you know, be good enough? Like, why can't I have enough self-control to eat like this person does? So since I am currently in a phase where I don't you know, count calories. There's no, I don't follow any food rules um, because I know that that messes with my head. Um, I started sharing what I eat in a day in my plus size body every day. And like you said, it it's different every day. And that's like the whole purpose that I'm trying to show people is that it's okay to eat, you know, the quote unquote junk food, but also sometimes when, when our pendulum has swung to the other side after we've let go of diet culture, like I will literally get questions from people on my videos, like, why do you eat so much cauliflower? And I'm like, well, it's okay to eat a vegetable too, right? So reminding us that, yeah, like there is this plate, like we can have both, right? And we need both. We, you know, and it's okay to want them at different times. Like sometimes you'll see a day and I'm like, 
if I had seen this video three years ago, I would have judged myself so hard because I'm like, why, why did you only eat cheese and bread all day today, you know, for every single meal? And then there's a day where it's like, wow, like the kale salads and, you know, the fresh smoothies. And sometimes there's days where it's a mix of both. And just recognizing that, you know, wherever you are in that moment is okay, as long as you're continuously checking in. Because I know that sometimes I can fall back into patterns and um, see things like a day of, like I just said, you know, cheese and bread. And I'm like, you know, this isn't really making me feel great. And I think I'm doing this like in order to prove a point or, you know, just because I'm not, I'm don't feel like cooking or something like that. And I can bring myself back to the center and say, okay, what is it that I actually want? Um, But yeah. Yeah. That's so perfect. And actually, I was going to ask you um, a question that this leads perfectly into, but before I do, I just wanted to say that when you're saying that it's a mix of both, right? Whether it's a day of one or the other, whatever, it is a healthy mix of both. And I think that especially when we've dieted and we've had an attachment to the size we are, our weight, whatever, we think that if I was in my best self, if I was, you know, whatever, I would always be having veggies or I would always, I'd be low carb all the time, right? And I like in my her work with my clients, I like you to really go and go like, how does she eat? And the first answer might be like, oh, lots, you know, plant-based diet, vegan, blah, 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 you know, like apple cider vinegar, first thing in the morning. And we go, okay, let's strip that away. You got that out of your system. Now, how does she really eat? Mm. And there may be some of those. I start my day every morning with warm water before this and that. I Or, you know, but also doesn't she like to enjoy her chocolate or be able to have a freaking piece of dessert when she wants to, or to be able to go to a party and have, you know, um, veggies and hummus and also some of the fried whatever or the cheesy whatevers. Mm -hmm. Doesn't she actually eat in a way that she loves herself and she knows when enough is enough signals from her body when she's getting full or when something doesn't feel good, but can allow herself to also live and not be critical. And and generally the people that are attracted to my tribe, they go, yeah, that's actually what she is. So take a moment to think, how does she actually eat? And give yourself that space. Like for me, I used to it was that I thought that I always should be just eating whatever it was, this perfect clean meal plan diet. And then I realized that actually what I desire is to be okay with myself when I have chocolate, be okay with myself when I just want something that is considered, you know, junk food. That's making me think it's like there's two forms of pleasure, right? And if we want to really be feeling into that pleasure, because that's a lot of what life is for, there's going to be the pleasure that comes from eating foods that make your body feel really good on the inside, like having the, you know, the salads and the vegetables. And there's going to be the the pleasure that's like lighting up your taste buds in a way where it's like, this is so good. Even if that just means adding, you know, a little bit more dressing to the vegetables that you're eating, um, or it means a slice of chocolate cake, but that pleasure isn't pleasure anymore when you probably when you eat the entire, you know, 12 slices of chocolate cake, then it's, so it's just finding, okay, what actually makes me feel good? Because we can self-sabotage in either direction, right? Not allowing for pleasure in either of those ways if we are not just like constantly rechecking in. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so perfect about the pleasure. Because yeah, there's pleasure in both. Mm -hmm. I feel amazing when I'm cleansing or, you know, whatever it is, I'm eating lots, you know, more fruits and veggies and I'm active and I feel great. But I also feel great with my chocolate at the end of the night, watching a funny movie, cuddling with my husband or whatever. Like that does feel great. And allowing myself to do that is what actually feels great. Because I would have done it before, but it it was filled with all the internal talk. Right. So I, okay. So the question I was going to ask you then is, I don't even know what the, you know, polished sentence question is, but there's this thing around, if I'm going to like love myself, can I still lose weight or how do I find my natural body shape? And do I have to be plus size or what if I am plus size? Is that healthy still? Like there's a lot of chatter within that. And so what do you think about that and finding, allowing your natural right now, weight, shape, whatever to emerge and still being healthy? Mm -hmm. Oh, this is such a good question. And like just an interesting topic because I feel like I have a lot of the, you know, the thoughts together for that. And I also can see in my life when I don't embody them, right? So my belief is, and my thoughts around this is, if I can be okay and accept you for gaining weight and for your body changing by getting bigger, I can also love you and accept you for your body getting smaller, right? There is nothing inherently wrong with weight loss. And again, this is like the pendulum swing is when we've been focused for so long on the goal is to lose weight. When we release that, we swing to the other side. And that's you know probably where those people are who are asking me why I eat so much cauliflower, right? It's this judgment of um, like, okay, well, focusing all the way on weight loss is bad. So that means the opposite of that you know, is um, not losing any weight. It's only, you know, if you're going to, if your body's going to change, it's okay if it gets bigger, but it's not okay if you start to focus on, you know, your quote unquote health and, you know, all of that again. And I like to think of it in the comparison of, have you heard that quote? It's like the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference, right? Mm-hmm. Because the opposite of one extreme isn't the other extreme, it's that balance in the middle. And so the opposite of, you know, whatever this is, like good weight or bad weight loss isn't, you know, good weight gain. It's just whatever the balance is in the middle. And I think that there's a lot of answers that like entwine, intertwine within this. The number one thing being what's most important is to accept yourself as you are in every moment, allow yourself the room to change. So again, not attaching your identity to your size, which is, I think where some of, I know like my personal current struggles are in that I've created this brand where, you know, I'm a plus size content creator. And you know what, even when I lost 70 pounds, I was still technically plus size. I still shopped at Torrid and things like that. So losing the weight wouldn't even really take that away from me. But there is this piece of, okay, what are people going to think if I lose weight again? What are people going to think if I start exercising you know, as much as I used to, even when I have that draw and that pull towards it? So for me, it's just a constant like reminder to myself of you are worthy as you are right now. And because you are worthy just because you are, not because of what you do, then it doesn't matter. If you end up losing weight again, Like that is going to be okay. And... 
again, like, you know, checking in with yourself and accepting where you are. And then also just checking in with yourself and saying, ooh, okay, am I actually chasing a weight loss goal now and falling back into those old habits and patterns? Or am I just allowing myself to be and exist and doing this because, you know, I'm I'm eating this salad because I actually, it makes my body feel so good and this is where I want to be right now. So it's removing that judgment from it and towards other people who like, you know, because that's going to affect how we feel about ourselves as well. So just checking that judgment. Mm -hmm. I, that is so big and I can fully own the judgment I've had. I mean, it mirrors my own body, right? As I was the most judgmental of mine, I was also the most judgmental Mm -hmm. of other people's. Even like you mentioned a while ago, almost like if there was someone I thought was slim and they're going like, oh, I feel so bloated. I'd be like, what is she talking about? Right. (laughs) And I had a really good eye-opening experience where I had a roommate just out of high school and we were like best friends and she was naturally very skinny and self-conscious about it. And she gained some weight, but I think it was like, you know, fat, not muscle or whatever. And I remember her going like, oh, I've gained like 10 pounds or five pounds or whatever, pinching like this little bit of skin. And my brain was like, or my judgment was like, oh, whatever. But I looked at her, I've always been so intuitive and empathic. And I saw that feeling in her eyes. I saw that insecurity and I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, whoa, her five pounds or whatever is exactly the same as what I'm feeling. Like we can't, you know, judge for that. But then later it would come in with people that were bigger. And I will admit this in this moment because it's such a good place to do that, that I would see people saying, you know, healthy and curvy and embracing. But I'd, and I, one person in particular, very close to me in my family, and she just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and does not look healthy, does not, not active like she used to be. And I felt like, I still feel like there's a mask we hide behind, like, fuck it, you know, embrace our curves, curvy is, is, is okay, you know, woman power. And it's all so beautiful, but on the inside, again, that intuitive, that empathic, I can tell she's not healthy. And so healthy doesn't have to be 120 pounds at all, but there is this like weird gray area where we have to find what that means for us. And I believe there's a place the human body wants to rest and it's going to be very different for everyone. And it's definitely not like 150 pounds for everyone. (laughs) But when we get up to three, 400, like there is a point where we're no longer healthy and there's something else going on, but it's just such a delicate, weird area um, that, yeah, I can definitely fall into judgment where I'm like, are you healthy though? And then it's like, well, you know what? They, they're walking their path. <laughs> well, exactly. Like, that's what I was going to say. I think that there's just like, we, whatever we're experiencing in that moment is probably something that we need to get us to our next level. So even if we're staying in that place, like longer than we quote unquote should have to, like, okay, well, we're, we're where we are now to gain more information, more insight, more knowledge. So that when, you know, again, it's that pendulum swing when we're ready to swing back we're coming in a way with, you know, so much more experience and knowledge and um, just different viewpoints. And I, you know, some people in, in all areas of life, right? There are some people who never swing back to the other side and they're constantly, but just imagine like the effort that it takes to keep running against gravity, right? Because the pendulum doesn't swing like all keep going up on the same side on its own. It's like you have to be 
physically chasing that. And no matter what, on either side, that can be exhausting. And when you start to feel yourself doing that forcing, then it's like, okay, it's time to drop and let go. And I've noticed for me recently that I was running more towards that, you know, the body positivity, like, you know, like you just said, like curves are healthy. And I agree, like I do believe in so much of that. Um, But it was getting to a point where I was ignoring some of my intuitive hits of Lily, don't you miss like moving your body? Like we used to work out every day and now you're like, you haven't worked out in two months. Like, and I was like, no, it's okay because I love myself anyway, right? But that's me pushing away my intuition just the same way as if I was running hardcore in the other direction towards the weight loss. If you know, my intuition was saying to me like, Lily, like, don't you want to slow down and rest and, you know, have a cheeseburger? You haven't had one of those in a while. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to keep pushing. That would as well be ignoring your intuition. So it's like, okay, how can I get quiet and listen to what's, what I'm asking of myself really, not even what's being asked of me. Oh, that's so good because movement feels good. You don't Mm -hmm. have to do CrossFit. You don't have to do yoga, but movement does feel good. Vegetables and fruit and water does feel good, but also chilling and loving yourself and enjoying life feels good. So yeah, there's such a beautiful balance. And I love too that you're not claiming to have the answers because this is just a conversation and you just bringing up so many beautiful points. And it's something that I know the listeners are just going to be able to ponder. Like, where is my, um, I don't even want to say the balance anymore, but where is that happy place where I'm being her, I'm allowing both sides to flow interchangeably and Mm -hmm. You know, also with women's cycles, this is something that I don't know a lot about, but I do, being a woman, and I know a little bit that our desire for movement and food and how we feel and our, you know, bloating level and all that does change throughout the month so much. So we also need to give some space for that. And that was something I never used to pay attention to. I'd be like, why am I extra hungry? Or why am I craving chocolate? Like, what's wrong with me? And then as I started healing, I was like, why am I craving this so much? Huh? Weird. And then, you know, three days later I get my period. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. So that's more of that. Just like embracing your body, not just, you know, the size or the fat content. It's like our cycles, our moods, our emotions, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, that's interesting too, because like you, I don't know like too much about my cycle and stuff like that, but I feel like I started hearing the concept of, um, like through building my business, right. It was like track your cycle because then you'll know when you have the most energy and you know, when you're ovulating versus this and that. And I was always interested in it, but like not quite interested enough to dive that deep. Right. But I started, you know, I had got downloaded one of those period tracking apps and all of these things. And then recently I've been working with, um, a new holistic doctor and she wants me to get some blood work and has to be on like a certain point of my, you know, cycle. So she has me taking these like ovulation tests. I'm just, you know, I'm in the process of taking them now. And it's just interesting to be able to collect all of this data over, you know, the past few years and start to make those connections to, okay, this is when I have the most energy for work. This is when I want to do absolutely no work. This is when I have, you know, a lot of cravings versus when I really feel like I want to eat more like fresh foods. And um, so just saying all this to say that you don't have to hear something like that and then like learn everything right immediately, right? It's like, you can just let yourself be in the energy of it and start to collect information over time because you don't need to become an expert. But I think that stuff like that is just so interesting to begin paying attention to because, and again, it makes it easier to like forgive yourself or release judgment in those moments where, like you said, like you just want to eat all the things. And then three days later you get your period. And maybe like that is 
the pattern for you and you start to notice that because you're just being a little bit more aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, just give yourself permission without the idea of what it has to look like. I just went through, I was vegan for about four and a half years and it felt so right. It was it was a decision I made. It was actually an evolution while being in a healthy mindset and it was just so right. And then my body started just feeling like I wanted to loosen up a little bit. There was times when I'd want cheese and I'm like, no, you know, you got to stick with the label and being in this, you know, more healed state, I was becoming more aware of it where it would come in. And I'm like, no, come in. No, because as soon as you have it now, you're not vegan. It was like this thing. And I all of a sudden just said to my husband, I'm like, I'm ready to let it go. And I haven't like had a whole bunch of meat or gone crazy, but I just needed to release the label because it was starting to be like, what if I want some feta on my pasta or on salad or whatever? Like I just wanted to be able to have that. And so I've recently just let go of that label. And most of the time I still eat that way because it's been the way I've eaten for so long. There's so many foods I love, but I don't have to. And that I was starting to feel suffocated, that feeling of like, there's a pendulum going somewhere here. I just don't feel good about it. Right. So just really allowing whatever your body does want naturally. Yeah. And that label like a vegan, right. Brings it back to, and I think that it is right for some people. I have a sister who's vegan and she's been vegan, you know, for a really long time and she, she loves it. Um, but it does, like you said, it becomes your identity. And then it's like letting go of that is really, really hard. It's an ego blow. Whereas for me recently, the past like year, meat has been grossing me out. And so I don't really choose to eat it, but I don't call myself vegetarian because sometimes my boyfriend orders pepperoni pizza and I want a slice or I'm out to dinner and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really craving a cheeseburger and I don't know where it's hitting me from. And then I'll eat it. But the majority of the time, you know, maybe I'll eat meat like once a week or once every other week. Um, But it doesn't have to become like a whole thing when I do want to have a little bit of it. And that has been that, I mean, I had been wanting to be vegan or vegetarian forever. And then when I finally just was like, okay, well, I just don't feel like eating meat right now and let myself not eat meat. All of a sudden I was more vegetarian than I've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> so, and with ease, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that I'd love to ask you is when I first started listening to your podcast, for anyone listening, you got to check it out. Bold Bodied. It's amazing. That's where I fell in love with you before you even knew who I was. <laughs> um, but I loved hearing you. The, yeah. I just remember this, like one of the first episodes I found when you said, I think it was in your intro at the time, take the filter off your face and your words, mm. taking the filter, it just like hit me where it was like, whoa. And I just feel there's so much in there. Can you t- just talk to me about what you mean by that and why that's so such an important part of what you're doing? Yeah. So who that was like a big thing for me too, was like, you know, hashtag no filter. And I don't even really mean, you know, I use filters on my Instagram stories. So I just want to preface it with that if anyone goes to see one day. Um, but what I really mean by that is taking the filter off of how we show ourselves and how we express ourselves. So going back to the conversation around how body is connected, you know, to manifestation and our, our body love is connected to manifestation. Just 
envisioning like a person, you know, the whole like idea of a person walks into a room and they command like your attention. It's like their presence is just captivating and everyone's like magnetized towards them because they are confident in who they are, right? And they are assured and you can tell so clearly the difference between someone who is truly grounded in her presence and in herself versus someone who is faking a confidence in order to, you know, try to magnetize people. We can all sense that. And so when I say take the filter off of your, you know, your face and your voice so that your message can be clearly expressed, it's like, okay, how can I fully just sit with who I am, not try to change what my thoughts are, not try to change how I look? Because, and when it comes back to body, it's like, I would always say there's this uh, misconception or this phrase that gets tossed around of, um, you know, you loving your body, um, like it's, it's what's on the inside that counts, right? So what's on the outside doesn't matter. How you look doesn't matter. It's what's on the inside that counts. And in reality, like, okay, yes. And you're not going to express what's on the inside if you don't love what's on the outside. You're not going to be able to show what's on the inside filter-free if you're not standing confident and grounded in your body. Because I could not sit here and have this conversation with you without you know, expressing myself through my mouth, which is part of my body and, and through my energy, which is coming through my body. So what I always like to say is it doesn't matter how you look. It just matters that you like how you look, right? It doesn't matter what you look like. It just matters that you like it because that's how you're going to express yourself filter free. Um, and yeah, so that's why I really think that taking that filter off and not like if you think of like a, a filter, like a, you know, a strainer or something that you strain your pasta in, like, okay, we're not keeping the pasta in, we're letting it all go, right? We're not just straining the water out, we're straining, we're letting everything out and not putting that filter in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. And I, I hear what you're saying. It's not just about physical Instagram filters because, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're fun. But the other thing is that it's interesting, and I'm sure you've noticed over the years, the filters have gotten different. Like mm-hmm. Instagram filters, Facebook, whatever. It's now, there's so many of them. I'll be like, oh, what's that? And I put it on and like my face goes in and my lips pug out and my eyes get like double the size. And I'm like, okay. So it's interesting too, the way that this is going, because we're supposed to look natural, but our natural is airbrushed and all that stuff. Um, But aside from that, it really hit me because when I was listening to you being like, I was listening through my human ears, but entrepreneur, and I was hearing in my business to take the filter off myself. And that's what really hit me is like, Yes, there's these physical filters, but the way I hold back, the things I'm not sharing, the things I think if I truly show up as myself, they're all going to laugh at me or that it's all going to crumble or I need to be like that person. And that's what really hit me is like taking the filter off who you are. And for everyone listening that's not entrepreneur, it's the exact same as a mother, as a woman, as a partner, as a coworker, a boss, a whatever it is that, you know, a friend, taking that filter off yourself and who you think you have to be and what society wants you to be and like changing who you are just to fit in in some way, right? And that's what I was really present to when I heard that is I was like, that is so awesome. And since listening this was maybe, I don't know, like maybe 10 months ago or something. I started, I found your podcast and I've actually shown up more and more and more live with no makeup or no filter or whatever, and not even thought about it. Whereas before I'd be like, okay, 
I'm going to go live with no makeup. You've got this. They're going to be fine. And now I'm like halfway through and I look at myself. I'm like, oh, you didn't even like do anything with your frizzy hair or your, you know, zit on your face. I'm like, whatever, man, like this is me. And so it really helped me in my journey. So first of all, I thank you for that. And I think it's so important, like take the filter off yourself, because as you said, it doesn't matter what you look like. It's just you embracing what you look like. Nose, boobs, belly, whatever, right? Embracing it. Mm -hmm. I love that you compared it to like being an entrepreneur. And like you said, it, that connects to everything because really what I mean by that, like breaking it down to the simplest terms is we all have a message inside of us that is meant to be heard and meant to be shared and, you know, a mission inside of us that's meant to be experienced by other people. And so long as we're filtering ourselves that, that can't be experienced by other people and they deserve to experience you in like your rawest, purest form, whether that's, you know, makeup on or makeup off, right? It's going to, it's going to differ person to person, moment to moment. So just knowing, okay, what do I truly authentically want? Who do I truly authentically want to be now? And how, what do I want to say? Mm -hmm. And I think the world is really craving it. We've noticed this swing and I use the example of like, we've gone from Tupperware to glass and it's, it's like we, everything was about easy and convenient and stuff with all the products and all the stuff, but also online and filters and everything looking polished and your business, you know, profile picture or business card or whatever was always like this professional shot and it was airbrushed and it was, and now people are craving the opposite. We're craving to use more organic materials in our life and less chemicals and more pottery versus plastic. And as business owners and as whether you own your own business or you're, you know, a boss or an employee or whatever it is, people are craving real. They just Mm -hmm. are. They're craving real leaders, whether it's a friend, a mom, whatever form you are, they're craving real. So that's the thing I would say, and I'm just learning this, but don't be afraid to step out because people don't want you to be the second, third version of whoever else. Like they want to know who you are. They want to hear those stories and see those, you know, blemishes or see whatever it is. Like they just want real. And I mm-hmm. think that's so cool right now for us being entrepreneurs, being on this journey because they do want us. So we just need to want us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like the pendulum swing of society, right? It's like right. for a long time, we were in one place. It's like, you have to do exactly this. And like, drink the diet Coke to lose weight, like, you know, have all of these fake things, um, make your body fake. And now it's like, nope, like other side, we want all real. And that's, you know, authenticity wise, when you hear from, you know, content creators and businesses and all of these things and what we're, you know, putting into our bodies and all of that we've done, we're, we're in the swing to the other side. So I think that that's a really cool point. Yeah. And good for us women. I do feel like real women are being more celebrated. Real meaning exactly like we're touching on all the shapes, all the ethnicities, Mm -hmm. makeup, no makeup. Like it's just, we're becoming more inclusive as a whole, I think, because there's been a lot of different um, ways where we've seen what we're doing isn't working. And a lot of people are insecure with who they are, whether it's, you know, sexual orientation or their ethnicity or how tall or short they are or whatever. So as women, I feel like the curves are back. The real woman is back in every form, whether you have a huge chest or not, or whether you can have babies or not, you know, we are being more um, celebrated for the unique journey that we're on. And I think it's so beautiful. Yes. So do I I love that. 
Yeah. So before I let you go, I love to ask my guests, what do you think is the either the most important or the number one tip for manifesting the life of your dreams from your perspective? What would you like to share about you think is the most important thing? I love that. I think so in my experience, you know, my story with manifestation is is a big one, right? Like I moved 3000 miles away from home within like a month's time because I decided to and wanted to. I quit my job as a kindergarten teacher like just by snapping my fingers and deciding that that's what I was going to do even though I was making like $300 a month with Beachbody at the time, right? And just a lot like allowing it to happen. So for me, it has always been a jump and the net will appear type of feeling. I think that going into that, you have to believe that because if you don't believe it and you're just doing it because I said to do it, it's not going to work out the same way. But allowing yourself to play in that energy of we get so caught up in um, the what if in the bad way, right? It's like, okay, well, what if I quit my teaching job and then I make absolutely no money? I have to you know, go back to work with my like tail between my legs and my head down, like all embarrassed and ashamed. What if I can't pay my bills? What if, what if, what if? But it's like, okay, well, what if it goes exactly how you actually want it to go, right? There's just as much of a chance as of that as there is of all of the bad things that you're thinking. So just playing around in that energy and then just taking the leaps because manifestation, the misconception that people have is that, you know, I do think that it's it's like magic, right? But we are here on this physical earth and we are like the cogs in the machine and we have to make the machine go. So it's not just snapping your fingers and appearing from a universal perspective, probably. I would think that, you know, a year for us is like a blip to the universe, but we are down here. We're having to move all of the pieces. So make sure that you're not just like closing your eyes and crossing your fingers and make sure that when you are manifesting, you're moving the pieces, right? It's just allowing those ideas to come through. And when they hit you, taking action on them, moving the pieces, because then you're going to build and create what it is that you actually are wanting. Bam. (laughs) Mic drop. That's amazing. I love that. And I couldn't agree more. So where can everybody find you if they want to stalk you on the socials and see these highly spoken about TikTok videos? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I am at lilynicole.co pretty much everywhere. So that's lily with one L, um, nicole.co. That's also my website um, where you can find like my courses and things like that. But mostly Instagram and TikTok are my favorite places to hang out. And like you said earlier, my podcast is called Bold Bodied and you can listen to that pretty much anywhere. Awesome. I do love seeing your what I eat in a days. It's just fun. And <laughs> I love that you share. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing all your gold and wisdom and for um, your podcast and for being willing to come on. It's been amazing. And I know without a doubt that my audience is going to get so much out of this. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so, so great.
Hey love, thank you for listening to today's episode. I really hope you got some incredible value from it. And if you did, pretty please head over to iTunes and leave me a review and hit the subscribe button. This really does make a huge difference in the success of the show. And it really shows me that you want this type of training, tools, techniques to hack law of attraction and have you manifest fast. Thank you in advance for that. And before I go, I want to remind you that there is a version of yourself that already has what it is that you want, already has the manifestations, already has the love, the abundance, the success, the freedom, the self-confidence, and everything else that you could want. So what I'm going to encourage you to do today is to envision her, embody her, ask what's her energy about, what's her mindset like, and what advice does she have for me today? As you do this, my love, you awaken her. You quantum align, you collapse time, and you make yourself able to manifest the life you want so much quicker. Have a fantastic day, and I will see you in the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,